you cannot not communicate. So you might as well do it well. Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about four keys to effective communication on a team. A communication is what makes a team a team. Without communication, a team is just a group of people working away at their desks or at home and handing work up to some unnamed boss who they never communicate with either. That's not reality. People don't work in a vacuum. In fact, much of your individual work involves communicating and coordinating with people who aren't even on your team, with lots of other teams. And that makes effective communication even more important. Unfortunately, a majority of employees when surveyed consistently say, they don't feel like their team effectively communicates. And that means as a leader, one of your primary responsibilities is to facilitate and continuously improve the communication of your team. So that's why we're gonna go over four things you can focus on. Let's get started. So the first key to effective team communication is to match the tool to the goal. Right? There are so many different ways we can communicate on a team. We can have face-to-face, one-on-one conversations, or we can have face-to-lots-of-face team meetings. We can take that same team meeting and move it to Zoom. We could do the whole thing in email. We could use a Slack channel. We could use all sorts of different tools. And each of those tools comes with a set of strengths and weaknesses. And so the question you have to ask is where should we be having which communications? In other words, what tools should we be using for what type of communication? And that's gonna vary, right? It's pretty solid, even, even in a world where everybody has some familiarity with digital meeting tools like Zoom or like Microsoft Teams, the research is still pretty consistent that if we're trying to generate ideas, if we're communicating for the sense of generating solutions, well then being in person together in the same room is still more effective. Unless what we're actually trying to do is decide between multiple possible solutions. And then rounds of asynchronous communication might actually be better. Having people take the time to put their thoughts into writing and writing out longer emails where they're making the case for their chosen solution and then giving people a day or two to respond, that actually improves the quality of the decision-making as well. You see what I'm getting at? If we're wanting to report out information at people, well, we have the tools now where we don't have to be in-person on that. You don't have to call an in-person meeting or a virtual meeting just to recite 20 minutes of of slides of you giving a status update on where the numbers are. You could pre-record yourself doing that, send that out to the team and say, I need everybody to watch this so we can jump right in to discussion. Match the tool to the goal. What do we need to be communicating about? And then which tool provides the most strengths with the least weaknesses to be the right one for our team for that discussion? The second key to effective team communication is to amplify unheard voices. Just like every medium of communication comes with different strengths and different weaknesses, Every chosen tool for communication comes with people who feel stronger doing that and people who feel weaker. That means as a leader, you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware who the over-talkers, the loud, dominating personalities that might dominate an in-person meeting are, and who the more introverted, more introspective people who don't speak often, but when they do, it's 
brilliant. You need to know who those people are as well. And you need to make sure that whatever tool of communication we're using, you're giving ample opportunity for people to be heard. And that's just in preferences around the tools of communication. There are a bunch of different historical biases against genders or against races or ethnicities that we also need to be talking about here when we're talking about amplifying unheard voices. But if you just start with thinking about who you're always hearing from and who you're not hearing from as often as you like and seek ways to amplify their voices, you'll make a lot of traction in all of those different areas. Amplification comes in a couple different ways, but the most potent way is to make sure that when they do speak up, when they do offer something, you're pausing the discussion, taking the time to compliment them for that contribution, adding to that contribution, making sure that that just doesn't get talked over by someone you hear from all the time. Amplification may also mean that you need to sync up with that person afterwards if they didn't contribute anything and get their input. Send them that message that, yeah, what you have to say is important too. And I want to hear from it even if you don't want to say it in the room yet, even if you don't feel comfortable saying it yet, I want to hear from it. And if you do that, you might move the needle on how often they contribute, but you will definitely move the needle on how often other people on the team are hearing their input as well. The third key to effective team communication is to create a safe environment. Create an environment where people feel free to express their crazy ideas, to admit their failures. It's not an environment where people will never hear anything they disagree with, but create an environment where people feel free to consistently say what they disagree with. Most commonly, that environment is referred to as an environment of psychological safety, a climate of mutual trust and respect. Now, those are two different things and you need to build them both differently. You build trust by signaling vulnerability and by creating a space where people feel like they can be vulnerable as well because vulnerability is an act of trust. Even if that vulnerability is just sharing an idea that might invite judgment. You build respect by actively listening to people, by paying attention to what they're saying, by doing the things we talked about earlier and amplifying unheard voices. You make sure people feel heard and people feel their contributions are valued. And you build them both in turn. They work together collaboratively to create better collaboration by building more psychological safety. And if you're in a leadership role, this should be your focus. And if you're not in a leadership role and your leader is abdicating his or her responsibility, guess what? This should be your focus. Create a safe environment and you will enhance collaboration and communication on your team. And the fourth and final key to effective team communication is don't be always on. Don't be always communicating. This is actually one of the reasons I've grown to dislike the frequency of things like emails or Slack channels. Teams need time where they're communicating fast, where they're communicating rapidly, where ideas are flying, but individuals on teams need times where they're left alone, where they can do that sort of focused work. And that's why there's a growing body of research that suggests that what we might call bursty communication is best for teams. Bursty communication is where teams come together, communicate in bursts, sync up, right? Make all the decisions they need to make, lay out the plan for the next couple of days, weeks, months, whatever it is, but they come together and in that big burst of communication, they settle everything and then they go away. And when they go away, they get focus. They get the ability to have long, uninterrupted stretches of time where they can really put their mind to the decisions or making the, the deliverable that really creates value in the organization. People can't be always on. And we knew this even before 
for uh, the great work from home experiment that the pandemic was for many of us because we knew that open offices were interruption factories where people would have to hide from their coworkers to get something done. And unfortunately for a lot of us, we traded the interruption factory for the always on Zoom factory. Factory doesn't really work as an analogy there, but, but stay with me. We traded the open office for the always open window on Zoom and that's a problem as well. So as a leader, one of the ways to make sure your team's actually communicating more effectively is that they're communicating less often, less but better. So make sure you're taking the time either to communicate and sync everyone up in a quick burst or to declare some no meeting times, maybe certain afternoons in the week or maybe one day a week where people do not schedule meetings so they can have that focus. That can be a great way to begin communicating in bursts. And when you're in one of those bursts of communication, make sure you're still following the three other keys of communication. Make sure you're matching the tool to the goal of our communication. Make sure you're amplifying unheard voices and always make sure that you are creating a safe environment. When you do that and you do it in burst, you'll find that your team is communicating better. You'll find that your people are creating better quality work because they have some time to focus. And you'll find that they're collaborating more often and that that collaboration leads to more performance. You might just find that more effective communication is helping everyone on your team do their best work ever. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper and lead smarter, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do its best work ever.